The following is an exclusive presentation of Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation. Pirate fans, welcome to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show, brought to you by U.S. Cellular. Be sure to visit one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's Platinum Certified U.S. Cellular stores and experience the highest standard of customer service. Call in on the live line at 317-1250. Now, with a complete recap of the game and your phone calls, live from the Pirate Radio Studios, here's your host of the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter, Clip Brock. All right, another trip out to Rice and another L for the Pirates, 24-7. This time, as East Carolina drops to one and four on the year, zero and one in conference play, Pirates could not muster enough offense tonight. Ugly, uh, ugly game, and East Carolina loses it and remains uh, winless against FBS opponents in 2023. We're taking your calls on the Halloween Express live line three one seven twelve fifty. Jason Nichols, Marcus Crandall, and Billy Weaver alongside. We've got the Wings over Greenville to drown our sorrows. We'll grab some of those and come back with your calls. 317-1250. Back with you on the U.S. Sailor 5th Quarter Call-In Show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. Hi, welcome in to U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Call-In Show. Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. You can find us on 1250, 30 online, PR927FM.com. And we'd love to have you on YouTube and Facebook Live as well. Please give us a subscribe and a like, and uh, we would appreciate that here on a late saturday night pirates losing 24 to 17 to rice and uh we have calls locked up lines uh, are locked up and loaded right now guys uh you want to do a quick uh quick thoughts on this one we've i'll anything? start ugly football on both sides especially down the end and rice gave east carolina every opportunity in the world to go and steal that football game and east carolina had no answer for it it was just pitiful football from both teams down the stretch marcus i mean um i think both teams had opportunities um even throughout the game um we had a turnover both teams turned the ball over um i know the best thing that we did last week was our defense got the ball. We went down and scored points, whether it was uh, seven or sixes or three. We got something out of it. Uh, we didn't see that today. Uh, we had uh, more drop balls again today, and yeah. uh, we gotta we gotta find a way to come down with those catches, man. Somehow or another, we gotta help the quarterback out, and then quarterback we gotta get more accurate with the throws. All of the above, Jason. Uh... You wanna you wanna wait? Yeah, I, I better wait. <laughs> You're fired up <laughs> after this one. All right, three one seven twelve fifty on the Halloween Express live line. Let's hear what you guys have to say. Uh, David Brooks, Mike, hang on. We'll start with Cameron in Goldsboro. Hey, Cameron. Guys. Yeah. He held right to what 90, 90 yards in the first half. Ninety yards in the first half, and we were losing. We were losing, giving up 90 yards of offense in the first half. Our defense gave our offense plenty of opportunities, and we can't do jack squat. This is year five, guys, of Mike Houston and Donnie Kirkpatrick, and you can't develop a quarterback to replace Holt Naylor's 
Alex Flynn is not the guy. Mason Garcia is not the guy. What was the coaching staff doing? Rice got J.C. Daniels. J.C. Daniels played with one leg and willed his team to a win. Why couldn't we try to go get J.C. Daniels out of the transfer portal? Oh, my God. And, and don't get me started with the reviews. There were more play stands on the field by the referees than there were fans in the stands in the freaking game. Oh, my gosh. 90 yards of offense in the first half, and we're losing. And then we, we have almost 400 yards of total offense the entire game. 400 yards of offense the entire game, and we only score one touchdown. This offense is a complete, total, unmitigated, nuclear disaster. It doesn't start with Donnie Kirkpatrick. Donnie Kirkpatrick has got to go. we got a bye week. We need to get rid of him. We need to ship him to Ukraine. Mike Houston has got to go. Is, is, is on the hot seat. Mike Houston on the hot seat. We went 8-5 and five last year, but we won a bowl game. Okay, great. But we should have won 11 games. We have consistently underperformed in key situations in the past five years. This loss to Rice is a total disaster. It is horrible. It is 2016 all over again. Rice only has 4,000 students that go to the school there, and we lose. They can't even fill half the stadium up. I mean, oh, my God, it's pathetic we're losing to Rice. And everybody complaining in the offseason about, oh, we got to get out of the AAC. Well, guess what, guys? We might not win another football game, and the only other football game we might have a chance to win is against Charlotte, and we might not even win that. Questions have to be asked. Clip, t- call Chandler Honeycutt right now. Tell him to ask in the pregame post-conference what, what Mike Houston is going to do about Donnie Kirkpatrick. This is a disaster offensively. It's inexcusable 90 yards of offense in the first half, and, you don't, and you're losing. This is ridiculous. Go Pirates, but something has to change, guys. The ship has sunk. The ship is at the bottom of the Mariana Trench. 1-11 season incoming. Go Pirates. Cameron in Goldsboro. Uh, saw a lot of Facebook uh, posts that said, he said it all, show's over, go home, end of show, nothing else to say. Uh, Cameron, <laughs> said a mouthful there. Uh, thank you for the call. I don't disagree with really anything that he said. I mean... Yeah, I mean it's it's hard to disagree with anything. Three one seven twelve fifty. Mike's up next in Greenville. Hey, Mike. Hey, Clip. You call me a closer, but I promise you, I won't be awake by the time you guys close this one. So I'm gonna go with it. <laughs> All right, go ahead. We'll give you a spot start tonight. Then. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, we heard all week that this is when it all begins. You know, conference play is when when it all starts. You say that because you're not a good enough team to be in in the playoff race so you say okay let, let's start at a conference and in all honesty this was probably our real barometer to see where we were as, as a football team uh, we heard all week that Rice's uh, secondary was acceptable and we could not get any separation whatsoever uh, there were no playmakers down the field we couldn't do anything to advance the ball we had the perfect opportunity in the first half for Mason Garcia a la Jalen Hurts run to push him in the end zone, and we go with Alex Flynn for the hurry up, and it looked like it's timeout, and they all sit down and fall right there at the line of scrimmage. We tried in the second half with Mason Garcia from the three, and it doesn't work out. I mean, we've talked about the play calling all year long, and it hasn't been very good. Uh, We don't have the playmakers to get separation against a Rice team whose secondary is – atrocious uh and and we couldn't do anything with it uh we have a week off to 
uh, a week and a half off, I guess, to prepare to get ready for SMU. But I, I really don't know what we're preparing for. We still don't know who we are as a team. Uh, I really like what Bonds has done. I think he stands a chance to be a bigger player here at ECU if he stays. Uh, he is an electric playmaker. I look forward to see what he has coming in the future, but I, I really don't see what our future looks like this year. All right, Mike. Uh, it is pretty bleak as we sit here five games, almost halfway through the season. Yeah, yeah. and I agree with Mike, too. No no shots down the field. I agree with the, the fourth down call. I agreed with going for it on fourth and one from the one-yard line or whatever. I didn't disagree with going for it. I disagreed with the call, and I agree with Mike 100% in that situation. Why are you not putting Mason Garcia in that? And having that Mason Garcia package right down there on the goal line, it doesn't make any sense to to me i think that was a big swing point in this game and and there's so many things that you can pick out of this you know we talked about offensive line play there were guys that were missing blocks there were guys that just didn't look like they knew what was going on um Flynn didn't look comfortable to me. He looked like he was throwing off balance half the time. He wasn't following through on his passes. Some of the passes uh, that were there were missed. They were just flat out dropped, or he was throwing low, and you know guys were having to go get the ball. Nobody see the offense just did not seem in sync tonight at all. No, it 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 did. I tell you what, I, I sat over here and I thought a little bit because I wanted to give a good reaction to the game. And a long story short, um, that's not acceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, we can say whatever we want. That was our litmus test. I kept saying this was going to be a lit- right. litmus test yeah. for us because, you know, we had all these other things that we could hide behind. But tonight, there's no hiding. We are what we just saw in that film. And we got to address that. We got to fix that. And we got to do it with a sense of urgency. And I'm trying to say this as nicely and as, as I can, but we got to get it fixed. We're pride. We, we're all pirates, man. Yeah. And, and and my pride right now is hurting because that's not what we're about right there. And I hate to say it that way, but that's not what we're about. We got to be better than that. We expect more than that. All right. Thanks for the call, Mike. 317-1250. We'll keep the calls rolling. Let's go to Brooks in New York. Hey, Brooks. Hey guys, Jason, I agree with everything that you just said. Uh, my pride is hurt as well, and I can't imagine what it's like for you and Marcus to, you know, have got to don the letters uh, for so many good years of ECU football. I really feel for you guys. I feel for Vontae Leach, uh, who was there, and uh, I hope he left at halftime after that uh, first half of offense, so honestly like that that to me and i i don't get riled up a lot about ecu football but that was just so piss poor that i have no idea like what to expect for the rest of the year uh i think what billy said about change and sense of urgency going into the bye week it's a perfect time to maybe make a change somewhere maybe open the press box maybe somebody calling the plays um 317 fire donnie uh, as I tweeted out during the game. And I continue to call in every week and say that the receivers are not making the quarterback look good, not that we have a good quarterback play right now, and the fact that we continue to drop passes, all right? And then also when we catch the passes, we're trying to run through the defender or put somebody in a highlight reel instead of taking a plant foot in the ground and turning upfield 
multiple times tonight. We could have yeah. down. You, you just you just hit it on right the head. Out of our mouth that we talked. We about talked it. about that. We got in a heated discussion. That's right. About that. That's right. You got to put your foot. You got to know where you a, are on the field. Was it on a third or a fourth down? It was. I think it was on a late fourth down. The play. fourth down call. Yeah. Whether yeah, that's got, right. The receiver doesn't put his foot in the in the ground and turn up field and get to the sticks. It, it's, it's incredible, and it's like, oh, well, they're young. Well, this guy played three games at Colorado last year. I'm sure that he was taught in high school playing football, hey, put your foot in the ground, get up field, and then, you know, we got to stand, like, you know, you, you make one catch, and we got to stare someone down, and, you know, wipe our nose, everything like that when we're losing the game, signaling a first down. So, I don't know. They need to fix the culture because this sure is hell not working. And I don't have anything else to say because Cameron stole the thunder with the first call of the night. Thank you. I'm going to hang up and listen. Go Pirates and hopefully Team USA. He's off at 530 tomorrow morning and you guys are not still on the air. <laughs> we will not be. Amen I will guarantee that. that. <laughs> Out of here way before that. All right. 317-1250 on the Halloween Express live line. David is up in Greenville. Hey, David. Hey, Jim. I would say how you doing, but you probably feel as, uh, as happy as I do inside. Uh, so, look, I'm going to keep it short. Uh, long snappers did great again. Uh, that's about the only positive thing I can say. At some point, there's got to be accountability uh, for the raw receivers for dropping balls and offensive linemen missing blocks and um, offensive coordinators not making good calls. So there has to be accountability sometime. Um, and uh, stat of the night, we are second. We are third to the bottom. Uh, Iowa and Eastern Michigan are the only ones below us in offensive uh, output for uh, prior to the game. So two things in life that don't lie, the eye in the sky and the scale or stat. So uh, anyways, you guys have a good night. Hope it doesn't take too long and uh, go Pirates. All right, thank you for the call, and thank you for keeping it uh, swift and brief, uh, David. All right, 317-1250. Uh, Kyle and LaGrange coming up, Charles, but right now we will take a break. Also, Terry coming up. We do have a line open on the Halloween Express live line, 317-1250. Thanks to Wings Over Greenville for the awesome post-game food. They are open late and will deliver to your door if you want to watch some late-night football. I think Washington and Arizona going at it. And how about Notre Dame? is going to steal one, uh, it appears, from Duke as they score a late touchdown. We'll uh, update you on that and more and get back to your calls when we return. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter post-game call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right. Uh, SMU moves to 2-2 two and two on the season as they defeated Charlotte 34-16. to 16. Uh, Duke is trailing Notre Dame 21-14 with about 30 seconds to go in that game. Tennessee beating up on South Carolina 41-20 with uh, just under three minutes to go in that game. Michigan State trailing Iowa 23-16. Appalachian State trailing UL Monroe 40-38 with uh, about four and a half minutes to go uh, in that game. Virginia Tech 35, Pittsburgh 21 with uh, under eight minutes to go. West Virginia and TCU are tied at 21 apiece in the fourth quarter. 
at the half. It is Alabama 31, Mississippi State 10. Washington leads Arizona 14-7 in the second quarter. And Fresno State and Nevada are underway. They are just about uh, under six minutes to go in the first quarter. No score as of yet. And that is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. They have all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Kick off the day at the Buck every Sunday with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TVs. So you don't miss a single game. They'll have uh, mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every Sunday at DeBuck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All right, back with you here on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. 317-1250, the number on the Halloween Express live line. All right, we'll get back to your calls because lines are locked and loaded. By the way, Duke uh, loses the game and maybe loses their quarterback. Leonard uh, shaking up bad injury there, uh, lower leg injury. Yeah, he had to be helped off the field by two of his teammates and did not put any weight whatsoever on that uh, ankle. Doesn't look good. Just a disaster of uh, the last five minutes. Duke looked like they were in a pretty good spot there, uh, but Notre Dame steals one in Durham. All right, Drew, Terry, Charles, hang on. We go next to Kyle in LaGrange. Hello, Kyle. Duke lost their quarterback. They can have both ours. Um, Look, now, if Lynn did about as best he could do tonight, considering the help he got from receivers and the offensive line, can, can we push? Can Shane coach the O line again? Can we just go ahead and put him back on the sidelines? I don't believe we've ever had a good offensive line here in East Carolina since I've been alive without Steve Shankwala coaching them, except when Ruffin was here. I mean, can, can, can he come out of retirement? Um, I, look, this is pathetic, beyond pathetic. What is a better adjective for pathetic that makes it more pathetic than pathetic? It's super duper pathetic. I um I, I I don't I don't understand how year five. First of all, let's let's start at the beginning. How do you mess up this whole quarterback situation so bad? How do you think Mason Garcia is the answer? How do you think he's the next Jesus Christ on a football field? How do you think he's the next Brett Favre? Oh God, we better not let Mason transfer if Holton comes back. And now he ain't even playing. You got Flynn out there doing the best he can. You know, I really don't believe Flynn's a true FBS quarterback, uh, but he's doing the best he can considering the situation. He knows the offense. The the O line sucks. Um, I don't know how we have not recruited better at receiver. We we were considered wide receiver U at one point. You know, we how many record setting wide receivers played at East Carolina over the years, particularly into the rough and McNeil days. Uh, and now, you know, you, you look at there, you got Josiah Hatfield, and I don't normally call players out, but being players want to be paid now, I don't give a damn. You got Josiah Hatfield, who's been here for five years, and he's just now starting. There's a reason why. Jalen Johnson comes here from Georgia. He's got potential, but he's too scared to take a hit. So well, he's got good hands. He gets open. He had a lot of catches tonight, but he's not physical. Um, we don't look like a Mr. Mike Houston, Mr. Physicality. Mr. Hard-Nosed Old School Football, your football team looks like a bunch of pansies. I want to use another P word, but I'll stick with pansies. They don't look very tough to me, Coach. You, you, you love to be hard-nosed and tough. We got pushed around tonight by Rice. The Harvard of Texas, Rice, out-physical us tonight. I, I, I just, the, the goal line, fourth and one call, not being able to punch it in, the way our defense, Got worn down in the fourth quarter. You know, the, 
I don't even know where to go. There's so many. There's so much bad for, for year five, and I've been a Mike Houston supporter. This is this is an upset. It since game, well, since game two, I didn't say it after the Michigan game. I don't think Mike Houston thought he would be here for year five, and this looks like somebody who did not do well preparing to be here for year five. We needed to do a better job in the portal getting receivers. We needed to. We should have been recruiting a quarterback um, out of the portal instead of waiting until after spring. And then we were still telling all the quarterbacks, from what I understand, that we were trying to talk to from the portal post spring that Mason was going to be the guy. And, you know, we were just looking for a backup. Uh, this is, you know, this is ridiculous. And, and Flynn, you know, didn't look horrible tonight, but that's one of the worst pass defenses in America. You know, that held us to 17 points. The people saying, fire Donnie, fire Donnie, fire Donnie. Well, okay, so you, you we got Shane Montgomery on staff, head coach at Miami of Ohio several years back, OC at Buffalo recently. So so you fire Donnie this week and you make Shane Montgomery the OC. Do you really think it's going to make a difference? I don't think it's going to make a difference. I think we're looking at 1-11 and 11 or 2-10. and 10. And in year five, that's unacceptable. And I don't know what you do because – you know, our, our genius athletic director, John Gilbert, when when Mike Houston got his raise, I had no problem with Mike Houston getting a raise. But what I had a problem with is what his base salary is. His base salary is $1.4 million. He's got three years left on that contract. That means you got to buy out that base salary for $1.4 million times three if we go 1-11 to get rid of his ass. So we're in a terrible situation. Um, there needs to be wholesale offensive staff coaching changes at the end of this season. I, there needs to be philosophy changes to what we're doing on offense. And we better be hitting the portal hard because we ain't got no playmakers beyond Bonds. I think if Sowell can put on some more pounds, um, he's got good hands, he can catch the ball, he just needs to be a little bit more physical. Beyond that, I don't I don't see much on the offensive side of the ball to be optimistic about. This sucks big time. Um, now on the more important things, I'm an open book clip, as you know. Um, I'm going to ask Fire Nation for prayers. I go in Tuesday to get CT scans and blood work. That's uh, my six months checkup to make sure I'm still cancer free. So, bigger, m- more important things. So, I believe in prayer. So, keep me in your thoughts and prayers. And that's all I got. Go Pirates. And I don't, I'm glad we have an off week. All right, Kyle. Uh, good luck. I know you've uh, you've been battling with some stuff, and thank you for calling in. We appreciate it as always. Yeah, Kyle, we'll definitely keep you in our prayers, man. And 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 well well said with a lot of that stuff. And you know, this is the second time I've heard this come up. Uh, Kyle had just mentioned it that um, you know a lot of people think that Mike Houston thought that he wouldn't be around for year five, and maybe it's it's showing. And I don't say I disagree with that. I don't know if it's true or not. I don't know if it's like <clears throat> if I'd call it a conspiracy theory, but it it you could point to a lot of things that would make it accurate right now. Yeah, I, I, and that's that's the thing. It's all, it's all about you know facts and figures, and the facts are the 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 talent has not been developed on this team, and especially at quarterback, the way it should have. We we questioned that. I mean, at nauseum last year. With, with not getting Garcia ready, knowing that you were having a fifth-year quarterback that was going to be leaving and, and not getting him in. And it just uh, – yeah, it, it's just not a good look, if and, anything else. And I talk about the, the playmakers and the drops and things like that, but uh, Jason, going off what Kyle said, you, you talked about it a lot in this game, our offensive line getting whipped and, and just getting outmanned. Yeah, we got exposed <clears throat> tonight. It wasn't good. It wasn't pretty. Um, 
And yeah, I mean, they showed a, a lot tonight. Um, I mean, we were getting beat quickly up front. Everybody wonders why Flynn is not, you know, playing well. I mean, I'm going to tell you guys, and Mark C can tell you because he played the position. Um, it's not a good feeling when you, when you start getting hit mm-hmm. because people are getting turned loose up front. It makes you antsy and jumpy in the pocket. It makes you want to get rid of the ball. It makes you want to escape the pocket sooner than what uh, you really have to because you've been conditioned over so many reps of getting hit and people coming free in your face. So uh, it starts there, too. I mean, it's, it's blame that can go everywhere right now. I mean, I'm not, you know, I know we're talking about the O-line, too, but it's, <coughs> it's, it's everywhere. The one position, I will say, that plays the best are the running backs. The running backs. And, and, and uh, you know, Javius Bond was was mentioned as, you know, the bright spot. I think you got to throw Rajay in there as well. Rajay's Rajay has had some hard. good runs. He he's played hard. He's had some hard, hard runs. Yeah. Those are the two guys offensively. Shane, I thought, had a pretty good night tonight. You know, there were a couple of other opportunities where he, I thought, you, you get your, we talked about this, you get your hands on the ball, especially on that fourth down. You get your hands on the ball, you got to catch it. And that goes for the tight ends as well. So, so, like you said, too, there's a lot of blame to go around. A lot of blame. 317-1250. Uh, we'll continue with the calls. Um, we've got about 375 more viewers than we have likes right now on YouTube. So, if y'all could hit that thumb, we'd appreciate that. That'd be nice. Uh, let's go to Charles in Richmond. Hey, Charles. Hey, guys. How y'all doing? Great. How are you? Not good, Charles. <laughs> Not good. I'm, I'm feeling the exact same way, guys. Um I'm trying to be measured here and, and find some objectivity and positivity tonight. I will say that in the first half between the 20th, I thought for the first time in a long time that Donnie may have figured out how to run a damn offense. Um, but then anytime we got in the red zone, especially in that first half, it just didn't, we couldn't, we couldn't cash in, just could not cash in. Um, admittedly, I think that the personnel on the fourth and goal situation to end the half was not correct. Like if you're going to get Mason in the game and you've said before kickoff, that doesn't matter what the situation is with Alex is doing, we're going to get Mason in, take some snaps. Like that's the opportune time to do so. Not, you know, first and goal from the four, right? Like that, that was your time to do that. And when it doesn't happen two times, I'm glad they finally put Flynn in so that he could throw the ball and we could get bailed out by a ref throwing the flag so we could run the same play three consecutive times with Rajay to finally get the first and only touchdown for the team tonight, right? Like, we're just rudderless, but I do see progress tonight. As odd as that is to say, I feel like I saw progress because we could actually move the ball consistently throughout the night. Um, I thought the defense played well for the majority of the game. Uh, we got pressure on the quarterback. We sacked multiple quarterbacks from Rice tonight. Um, Javius Boyd, I didn't realize he changed his name at halftime um, from Bond to Boyd. Uh, I thought had a phenomenal night. Rajay had some good runs. Um, the running back's definitely doing well. It's happy to see Shane get involved more tonight. Obviously, that, that forced down play like if it hits your hands i don't care who you are you need to to bring that in especially at that point but like there was progress but i i'm just i'm trying to stay optimistic for the rest of the season because i think it was kyle who said what one and eleven two and ten 
is what he's looking at, right? Like, I gotta hope and believe that there's more than that this season for us, but come on, like, like this is just year five. We can't be doing this. Just can't be doing it. Thanks, guys. Go Pirates. All right, appreciate the call, Charles. Charles in Richmond tonight. 317-1250, Halloween Express Live Line. Terry's up in Greenville. Hey, Terry. Hey, what's up? What's up, man? I would like to offer a little bit of a silver lining before I throw myself off this mountain over by my house. Um, I remember I just had a birthday this past week. And I turned 70 years old. I feel like I'm 50 because I'm a pirate, of course. And I remember I've had season tickets from East Carolina for East Carolina football since the 80s. And I recently remember in recent memory going to all the games when we had a coach who nobody wants to talk about, but his name was Scotty Montgomery. And we won... I think nine games in three years. And the coach, everybody's calling out right now. Mike Houston came in after winning an FCS championship against North Dakota State and Youngstown State, which nobody could beat. Came in ahead to completely endeavor, and he's still endeavoring, I think, to change the culture of East Carolina. And this man, after three years, had a team that was the most inept team I've seen in East Carolina in all my many, many years of going and having season tickets to East Carolina football to winning seven games, which I never thought would happen again. The next year, he had the audacity to win eight games and then this year, after he's lost some of his best players, is struggling. Now, who could imagine that happening after winning a the whole uh, yardage leader in American Athletic Conference history and one of the best running backs East Carolina has ever had have a little bit of an opportunity. So the silver lining I'm talking about that I am seeing is, number one, the man hasn't told Pirate Nation, which all the negativity, to bye-bye, I'm going to state or I'm going to Carolina. I don't think he's been offered. No. <laughs> I bet you if you offer that. He hadn't had a chance to do that. Right, 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 right. But the silver lining I'm seeing is you have Jabius Bond, you have a few other players that are promising, have a lot of heart, some wide receivers that are young, have a lot of heart. But the problem is, one of the problems is, number one, you know, we've got the best size offensive line I've seen in a while, but they're young and they don't have a lot of heart. You know, they're big got fast guys, but you know, they get in the they get in the way, but they're gonna get better. They don't know. Alex Flynn shows splices of brilliance, but he has splices. 
people want to call like Mike Houston because he hasn't developed Mason Garcia. He hasn't developed Alex Flynn. Hey, the coaches can't get on the field and play the game. He can't put Mason Garcia out there and make him think and not lift back with him. He's got all these. Yeah, but you can put Mason Garcia on fourth and one at the goal line. Exactly. Thank you. Exactly, Weaver. Thank you. This point. Thank you. My point exactly. Uh, All right. I don't know anything about football. I've been watching football since the sixties, but I would have put if you run the ball on one foot and go. Well, personally, I would have handed the ball off to Rajay. But if you're going to give it to a quarterback, I would have given it to Mason if he couldn't get a foot. Then if I would have put him in some kind of Carolina Pirate jail or something, but I'm pretty sure he could have done that. But Terry, you know, anyway, yeah. I'm not the play caller, but my problem with that is I like Mike Houston. He's brought us a long way, but, you know, I don't know anything about it, but I'm pretty sure whatever call Kirk Patrick decides to call, he can veto it. Evidently, he decided not to veto that uh, goal line <laughs> quarterback. But anyway, but anyway. Harry, you about got it, man. We, we, got, it. we got calls. We got to go. But anyway, I <laughs> we can win some more teams this year. We got some players on defense. Our whole defense has heart. I kind of just want to let them keep talking and let's just go on. <laughs> Y'all keep being negative and see what gets you. <clears throat> All right. Thanks, Lou. I, I like the last comment, though. <laughs> Our defense does have heart. <sighs> Way to end on a bang, Terry. Good stuff. All right. 317-1250. And happy belated birthday to you, man. Thanks for tuning in late night with us. All right. Drew is up in Asheville. Hey, Drew. Hey, guys. Um, I would say how y'all doing, but we all know how we're doing. Um, first of all, Pirate Nation um, has Kyle's um, has his back and thoughts and prayers to him moving forward. Uh, just a couple bullet points, and then I'll end with a question. Um, you know, we're thinking about, like, as a Pirate fan since 91, what is worse, like losing bad during the Thompson era and the Mo era or these close games that we feel like we can win and then we just right now aren't pulling through with just certain plays don't go our way or we're not putting the offense matching the defense, matching the special teams. Um, just frustrating to watch. Uh in my opinion, you know, the offense has zero uh, flow and identity. Um, watching the App State game against us, they were that outside zone. Outside zone, it's like teams have an identity on offense to do what works for them, and I just don't see that with us. It's running up the middle or quarterback draw on third and eight with the game on the line or whatnot. Um, I did miss the third quarter. I Watched the first half in the fourth quarter, so I'm not sure if Garcia got into the game. But, you know, talking about we're a two-quarterback system team and that's how we're going to be moving forward, if you're going to be a two-quarterback system, then play both quarterbacks and do it. Um, I don't know. It's just don't talk about it, be about it kind of thing. Um, You know, I'm very optimistic with the Pirates. I love the Pirates. I bleed purple and gold. 
Um, this is Houston's longest tenure, I think, with any team as far as the Citadel or James Madison goes. So the whole, well, if he went in with other people's players, you know, that question gets kind of brought up. Um, you know, just kind of, uh, I read an article about recruiting misses. I don't know the 2020 class or 2021 about players that just didn't get into our program or, you know, transferred out NIL or whatnot. So that, you know, if you go and get those guys out of the portal, the Isaiah Winsteads or whatnot, you got to make sure you get what you need. Um, we lost a lot of people on offense, Ehlers, Mitchell, C.J. Johnson, Winstead, two linemen go, you know, to Power 5 programs. Um, I just don't think we're there yet to be able to lose those types of players and rebuild on offense. I still do disagree with some of the play calling, but, I mean, do we have what it takes to put points on the board and move the football? I just don't know if we're at that level yet to do that. The defense, on the other hand, I feel like it's good enough to win ball games, but they just need help a little bit. It's just that drive, I think three minutes left where we got the ball back and it was I don't even think we gained a yard. I mean, you gotta got to have some type of offense to say this is what's gonna get us yardage. When you need four yards, you gotta get yardage and you know, fourth and ten, and you throw it across the middle for six yards, and he gets, you know, knocked down right when he catches the ball. Just, it's just frustrating to watch. I love my Pirates. I feel like we've got a good team. I just, year five of Houston, I just, this is not what I expected, you know, and I want to be like, he's got his back to believing that we can win after the Mo days. And I don't want Pirate fans to just jump ship because I think he's the right individual for the job. I don't think we can go get anybody better, in my opinion. Um, but my last question is, is for the players, Marcus Crandall, Jason Nichols. Y'all were my idols growing up watching Pirate football. I grew up right across the street from Dowdy Ficklin. Um, how does the team going into a bye week, into a Thursday night primetime ESPN game, what type of mentality do you have as a player at one and four losing games to App State, Marshall, Rice? I mean, are you packing it in? I mean, I know that's not the answer, but where do we go from here? Um, I love you guys. Thank you, Pirate Radio 1250, and go Pirates. All right. Thanks, Drew. Thanks, Drew. Um, well, I mean, um, Thursday night, uh, the stage is set. I mean, you're you're one and four. Uh, I think it's prime position for um, in regards to, you know, find uh, finding a way to or finding um, something to play for, so to speak. You know, even though the morale is probably down after today, uh, but that that's definitely something to play for because you're going to be on TV. Um, you you need to come back and redeem yourself. Uh, with all these things that are going on right now. And so as a player, you got to look at that and, and say, hey, let, let, this is our opportunity to kind of get things back on track or, or get things on track for this year, back on track from last year, uh, get things on track from for this year and um, regroup. And really, I think it's a time for, for the guys to bond, bond a little bit together, 
um, get some, uh, you know, build up the culture as far as the team is concerned. Uh, where wherever it's lacking, this is where this is the t- perfect time for us to find out where the, where the lacking is and uh, find a way to put it together. And then uh, as a team, they got to come together as a team and as as a group at, uh, in the whole to um, to get things accomplished. You know, on the field and off the field, really. You know, to, for those guys, they're, they're brothers, and uh, this is definitely a, a great time for them to do that. That's a good answer by Marcus. <clears throat> but I'm going to tell you something else. <clears throat> that team is fragile right now. Mm-hmm. Their mentality is fragile right now. You're one in four, and the only team that you've beaten is the FBS, FCS team. I'm sorry. You haven't beaten the FBS team yet. So they got some questions inside. Now, this week and in, 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 in a half that we got before we got to play again, it's going to be a lot of soul searching that's going to have to go on. Um, there's going to have to be some leaders that step up and demand and require more out of that group. There's going to have to be coaches that step up and require and demand more out of their group. And when you see something on that film that's not acceptable, you got to address it because that's how you get it fixed. It won't be as pretty as, as what people think because I'm just telling you now, confidence is razor thin. And right now, I don't know how you're confident right now mm-hmm. when you look in the mirror. So the only way I know to be confident is to go work my butt off. So if that's what those guys got to do, they're going to have to go and do that because I tell you this now, SMU will come in here and they will know how to light up the scoreboard. Well, it, it, one other thing too is I think you got to get into your players right now and you got to tell them it's got to be all about us. Do not come in here on a Thursday night and expect these fans to get you hyped up because it's not going to happen. It's going to be a Thursday night game. We've had Virginia Tech in here on a Thursday night and can't sell out this place because the reality of it is it's a Thursday night. These outlying areas, people that usually drive here two hours, they're not going to do that. It's a school night. These people are not going to keep their kids out of school, and especially for a one-in-four team. So if they're expecting to come and see a kick-ass atmosphere here and the Pirates rallying behind you and what you normally see at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium, you better have another thought. It's not going to happen. So I think the, the, the players need to look within themselves get the excitement from out of that locker room and go out there and take care of business because they're not going to get it from anywhere else. You're right. 317-1250. Keep going, Charlie, or take a break? Let's take a break. All right, Captain Bill. Haven't heard from you this season. Captain Bill is on hold. Charlie, Emmanuel, and Johnny D. Hang on. We'll get to you right when we return. Going to take a break and enjoy some more wings over Greenville. 758 Wing, they'll deliver right to your door. And beginning in October, uh, coming up, they will be open for lunch. So uh, thanks to Wings Over Greenville for the awesome post-game food. A lot more to go. U.S. Sailor, fifth quarter call-in show, back after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular 5th Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250. Marcus Crandall enjoying some great wings over Greenville. 
helps a little bit to get over a loss. If nothing else, it's really good. So, uh, <laughs> Wings over Greenville can uh, drown some of your sorrows as well. 758 Wing, they'll deliver right to your door. All right, back with you with the former Pirates Marcus Crandall, Jason Nichols, Billy Weaver here as well. Thanks, uh, Big Dog, for coming in late night, producing the video. Shirley Rhodes taking your calls and doing a great job as always. All right, Captain Bill, hang on. Charlie Emmanuel, hang on. Let's go to Johnny D in Wilmington. What's up, Johnny? Cliff, come on, guys. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. I, I got to give three shout-outs real quick. First of all, Shirley Rhodes, Dolphins beat my Broncos like Hebrew slaves last weekend. The Washington Commanders, you and Billy's Washington Commanders, uh, snuck out of the Mile High City. Y'all know that was past interference. But anyway, <laughs> the last thing is Marcus Crandall, Jason Nichols. Now y'all know y'all are broke in because y'all know that white people start drinking in Greenville early. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the show, by the way. <laughs> Great lineup. Yeah. Thank you, Johnny. Oh, man. We're going to beat Troy D's uh, Bears tomorrow. We don't. We better get Lincoln Riley's quarterback. But anyway, I don't know, man. I was in there looking at the schedule. Uh, how many more wins do you see? I see maybe two or three. So. Oh, boy. Are we so, schedule looking now? I don't know, man. I'm a little nervous to do that. Yeah. I, I still don't like to play calling with Donnie. Uh if I was John Gilbert, I'd be in somebody's office tomorrow. Like, where's this going? Because this is not going good. But anyway, love your show. Uh, I hope Kyle's going to be good. He's in my prayers. And, uh, you know, this show is therapeutic, man. Love you guys. Johnny D. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, Johnny. Yeah, Johnny uh, didn't have to, didn't want to talk too much ECU. Went stuck with the NFL tonight. Just, just a lot of bad to talk about all around. All right, Emmanuel's up next in Chocowinity. Hey, Emmanuel. Hey, guys. Turn off your radio if you don't mind. Yep, I got it. All right. Yeah, hey, guys. Uh, I think we need to punch it in, you know, when we get in the red zone. And, you know, just like Steve Logan said, it all comes down to quarterback play. I think a lot of the decisions tonight, you know, I think a lot of wide receivers open tonight and they weren't getting hit and they were throwing their hands up. I seen, you know, tight ends and wide receivers throwing their hands up. And I seen a lot of drop balls as well. But, um, you know, it's not all Donnie Kay. You know, it's not all Houston. I think Houston's a good coach. I think that, you know, the quarterback plays a lot of it. And, um, you know, I, I grew up, you know, watching Carden, you know, Crandall and, you know, uh, all those guys that play Pinkney, you know, you can name them all, Gerard. Um, these guys just don't have that dog in them like they used to. And that's just my opinion. Um, I'm going to hang up. And what do y'all think about that? I agree. Well, I don't see any D's on any jerseys. There's a dog, but there's there, there's <laughs> talent. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel like you got to have some talent to have some dog, too. I don't know. Like, he – I agree. This this quarterback. I mean, this is about the worst quarterback play we've seen at ECU that I can recall. It is. Um, Even Minshew, and you know, the, the year that we were dealt that terrible hand with Benkert going down, and we had to go to Blake Kemp and James Summers. I know people didn't love it, but we moved the ball. We scored some points. We won some games. 
Well, we've seen some good things out of Alex Flynn. I think tonight he just looked rattled. He didn't look comfortable. He was running around. I mean, you guys saw it. He he just didn't look good. I thought we had a good discussion too. Billy, you said he's throwing off his back foot and and Jason said he's and he's feeling pressure on a lot of plays but Marcus, even though when he doesn't have the pressure, he's got the, what do you call it? The false pressure. The false pressure false. where he's he's so gun shy because he's getting hit a lot. Yeah. Yeah. He thinks it's there even when it's not. Right. And you pointed that out, Weave, that he's throwing a lot. You know, yeah, I mean, foot. when he's not getting pressure, he seems like he's not stepping through and throwing a bullet across the middle. Like he's, you know, you want your quarterback to deliver a good, hard, catchable ball. Um, and just at times he didn't look comfortable. And like you said, you just you pointed it out. He's he's feeling false pressure. Yeah, um, quarterbacks do that, man. It, it, it um, I, I think you said it. Once you get hit once or twice, and then. Um, they start bringing the blitz and you're trying to figure out where it's coming from, all those things that happen up front. And um, and that's what you don't want as a quarterback to where you're kind of looking at the line of scrimmage and not looking downfield and all those things and you're feeling it. And uh, I, I think he just his eyes weren't in the right place and uh, just not feeling, um, you know, feeling the pressure that, that, you know, that quarterbacks naturally feel when you're doing well. He, it's it's funny because he looked so comfortable when he came in during that Michigan game, right. and you thought, man, this guy this guy looks like he belongs there. He's comfortable, but it's almost like he didn't know any better. Well, he hadn't been hit yet. Exactly, he didn't know any better yet. The more you get into the season, he's like, man, I'm getting killed back here, it's, and, it's a and, tough and position, it's man. yeah, I'm it's getting tough. killed back here, and and something's got to change. Yeah. And he had kids feel his you style. Saw him, he took that one big right. shot. Yeah. yeah, right. He took that one big shot. And he threw the ball. Uh, great throw. Mm-hmm. Got the completion. And, and um, <clears throat> man, it seemed like after that, uh, even though he jumped up and, and um, you know, bounced around <laughs> after that. Yeah. You don't forget those. <laughs> you know what I mean, right? Yeah. And it's so uh, disheartening it's, uh, when you get a throw off and it's dropped. And, like, we're talking in circles right. here, but it's just across the board. Everybody's got to do better. It's, yes. it's so it, – It is. It is man. across the board, man. And, um, you know, with each play <laughs> that's complete, it builds confidence. Yeah. And we had some of those drives. We'll have our Brown and Wood drive of the game. We had a seven-minute seven drive. Seven, Tied seven, the game up at 17. play drive. And, yeah, it took us a while to punch it in, but we finally did. But yeah. uh, few and far between, man. All right, 317-1250. Charlie's up in Greenville. Hey, Charlie. Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. How are you? I'm hanging in there, man. I got one question for you. Can we win with Houston's recruits? Because we won with most recruits, but we can't win with Houston's recruits. Right now, the answer is no. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, uh, the numbers are, the wins and losses are what they are right now. I mean, it's a good point. I tell you what, I miss Mr. Holden right now, man. Yeah, uh, be careful what you wish for yep. with uh, a lot of folks uh, wanting him out of the lineup. And at times, I wanted to see a little bit more Garcia, but uh, you're right, Charlie. I wish we could have him back right now or, or something better than we got. And a lot of people would take the uh, Greenville politics right now for anything. Yeah. It's Greenville politics, bud. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what else you got, Charlie? That's all I got for you. All right, buddy. Well, thank you, man. There is Charlie. Y'all, can we win with Houston's recruits? I don't know if it's a rhetorical question or if he really wants an yeah, answer right. on it, but 
Uh, right now, struggling. You you can't win with Houston's recruits the way they're playing right now. <laughs> Something else has got to change. Either guys got to start gelling together. They've got to get on the same page. And like, it's it's crazy because you can pick out the positives quicker and easier than you can point out all the negatives because there are so many people in so many positions not getting it done. Alright, 317-1250 for the first time this year we'll hear from old Captain Bill. What's up, Captain? What's up, man? How you doing? Doing pretty good. Not well, really not real good, but I hear you, buddy. Make some out of I would like to say first thing I would like to say, Kyle, I hope you get better, buddy. I know we don't always agree on our power football, but I hope you get better and and life gets good for you, man. Um, let's move on to fire football. Um, how many of, and I don't mean a hunt, I don't mean how many of these players are playing first, second string that are under Mike Houston recruit? I want y'all to answer that question. Again, what was the it's all of them. answer, Kenny? It should be all of them. All of them. He's in year five. So you're telling me those 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 uh, 30, 35 players that are playing are, are under Mike. None of them are under Scott. No, I could tell you because I was on the staff in twenty one. Most of the, I don't I don't know hardly any of those players on that field. Uh, the last group of players that I knew that was on that field from when I coached with Mo and when I sat on the staff with Coach Houston was the Holt Nailers and, and uh, that whole crew. CJ. Smith, CJ. Miles. Uh, Miles Berry. Those were the guys was the last you say Taylor group. Jackson's been around a while, I think, right? But. He's been around, but he was a freshman. That was okay. still Not Scottish. Yeah. yeah. So all these are my Houston players. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Captain Bill. For the most part. Oh, okay, thank you. That's what I'm going to get to. Scotty Montgomery was not a great coach, was a damn good recruiter. I don't think Mike Houston's a great recruiter. I think he's a horrible coach. I think uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick needs to go because he's horrific. He's pathetic. The game is past him. He's old. The game has changed. It's time for him to go. Now let's get to the big thing. There's a lot of problems that we got bad receivers. We got a bad offensive line, and we got hey, we got pigs for quarterbacks. They're not even quarterbacks. They're uh, they're tight ends that we're trying to turn into quarterback. Now I got another question for you, and I want you guys to answer this for me. Name me five quarterbacks in the NFL that are 240, 250 pounds or successful in the NFL. Name them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't have the list. Yeah, I don't either. I hear you. I got your oh, point. He, yeah, you, you can't. You can't do it. You've got to be versatile. Your quarterbacks have got to be around two. Ailers was right on the edge, but you got to be between 222 30, and you got to be. These guys cannot get to the edge. They're slow. And I, the problem with this football team is not necessarily. There's all kinds of problems with this football team. All right. Well, if, that, if that's your argument, how do you explain David Garrard? Hey, there we go. Well, David Garrard was one of a kind, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> well, according to you, it was because you can't play the position if you're over 250 pounds. And if my memory serves me correctly, David was about 260, and the beer truck got it done. Okay, you need to stop right <laughs> the beer truck. because uh, you you name me five players 
ability that has done it what he's done over the last five years at East Carolina. And all due respect, I love Jeff Blake, but Marcus Hunter, I love you, buddy. You, you made me a pie fan. But you name me one player that's come through East Carolina University as a quarterback at 260 pounds has been successful. That was David. I just I just told got, you that. We got your point. As a matter, what as else a, you got? Yeah. And Name me another one. Another one? <laughs> well, that, he is, we it, got you. I, he is a we rarity. We get the point. We get, get the point. It. Okay, thank you. Bill, we should have shut up, buddy. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Uh, but I'm talking to you, Cliff. I'm not talking to you, Billy. Just shut up. Don't say nothing else. <laughs> Uh, but I, I'm just, Wait a minute. We got a button over here. We, we can get rid of you quick. man. What, what else you got? You got anything else? I ain't got nothing else, man. I'm just telling you, quarterbacks are pigs, and we've got to have better All right. uh, lean quarterbacks. Thank you. Good All night. right. Later. There's Captain Bill. Bill, you shut up. <laughs> you shut up. Bill, you sit on over there. He don't, don't know nothing. Captain Bill, I, was, I don't know. I expected more from Okay, that, that was one guy. One, one guy. <laughs> hey, one of a kind. He's the only one. Three one seven. Captain Bill famously uh, wanted to run Lincoln Riley out of town too. So uh, I don't know. I always think about that when he calls, but I always enjoy his uh, calls. That wasn't one of his best though. Three one seven twelve fifty. Zach, Pete, and Blair. Hang on. We'll get to you when we return on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. Halloween Express Live Line is well. It's closed again, uh, but it will be open once another caller has come on it's been locked and loaded all night the largest selection of masks decor and more for adults kids halloween express right next to target what are you going to be get to greenville's premier halloween superstore halloween express get shopping today kevin monroe is a halloween hall of famer and i gotta say the guy to my right billy weaver a halloween hall of famer you do halloween pretty big, i, I do halloween and this halloween yeah. i'm gonna be uh popeye according to the uh <laughs> the, forearms. the forearms yeah but uh let me just give you a, just a quick list of 200 150 pound plusers in the NFL. Josh Allen. Jared Lorenzen. Of course. (laughs) No, 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 no. no, no. Jamarcus Russell. This is one where we get to work out. Cam Newton. He he was pretty good. good. Jameis Winston. Tim Tebow. Donovan McNabb. Ben Roethlisberger. Dante Culpepper. Okay. All, All right. guys over 250. Shout out to the big fellas. Yep. 317-1250. Some of those are pretty good. We'll get back to you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. Now with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. All right. With about nine minutes to go in the game, Alabama cruising over Mississippi State. Uh, 37-17 to 17 is that score. At the half, it is Washington 21, Arizona 10. Uh... Nevada is trailing Fresno State 14 to nothing with just under three minutes to go in the second quarter. Uh, finals from earlier today, Clemson beat Syracuse 31-14. It was Kentucky upsetting 22nd-ranked Florida 33-14. USC uh, survives Colorado in a late rally. 48-41 was that final. And uh, Boston College got a win over Virginia, 27-24. UCF loses to Baylor, 36-35. And it was Texas Tech beating Houston, 49-28. That is a look at your Buccaneer Music Hall School Board brought to you by The Buck. They have all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. 
Every Sunday, kick off the day at the Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TVs so you don't miss a single game. They'll have uh, mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every day or excuse me, every Sunday at Debug. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's your host, Clip Rock. All right. Pirates on YouTube says, Bret Hart shirt wins. So shout out to the big dog for getting a win tonight with his Bret Hart shirt. Uh, 317-1250. Uh, we will get right back to your calls because we're locked and loaded on the Halloween Express live line. want to shout out uh, the people watching on Facebook and YouTube. It's about to hit midnight and we're around 500 viewers there combined and i uh, don't know how many of y'all are listening on your radios but we appreciate you being up with us late tonight on the u.s sailor fifth quarter calling show chuck zach pete hang on let's go to blair in greenville hey blair hi um i've been a ec fan since i was born grew up in greenville and me and my friends always enjoy watching the show after the game it's always comical and fun um Obviously, this year has been disappointing and not fun to watch, and we all have comments about it, but I just want to say that y'all do a great job of being neutral, and we enjoy it and just have such a great time. Um, We would love more wins, as everybody else would. So would we. And, (laughs) and, um, you know, we want to know how we can get there and what we can do. Um, you know, everybody says this is a building year, a growing year, but I think that's kind of... Bullshit. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's accurate. I think we should have been growing and we should have been... She can't get kicked <laughs> off for background noise. Can't. Can't do it. I don't it. know the rules on can't that. Can't do it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not kicking Blair off, but Blair, if you would uh, remind you the, the folks that are in the uh, same space as you to please don't curse because yeah. we can hear that. I'm so sorry. Um, Did he say ship? He, he said ship. ship. He yeah. said ship. With a P, yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Blair. Say this is a growing year and a building year, but I think we should have been preparing for this, and it, it yeah. looks honestly disappointing and unfortunate for everybody who's grown up in Greenville and been a Greenville fan, and we have a young group here that's grown up watching people, and we're friends with Holton and grew up with Holton, and, yeah, we enjoyed watching him, but also we want to watch the ECU team grow and you know, see see where they go from here, and I don't I don't enjoy hearing it's a it's a growing year and a building year. So I went into this season and I heard a lot of year five, no excuses. You know, win ten games. And I was like, well, let's pump the brakes on that. You got to think about what we lost last year. So I came in saying, hey, get to six wins, I'd be okay with that. And a lot of people, no, that's uh, you got to shoot for higher standards than that, but. You factor in new quarterback, new new everything. I thought, okay, six wins, pretty good. Let's keep it going. Let's get back to a bowl. So in a way, it's a rebuilding year that way, but a rebuilding year is not like 1-11, 2-10, or 3-9, whatever we're going to end up this year. So I totally agree with that. Uh, I had my expectations low, I thought, with six wins, but it looks like uh, I should have set them a little lower. You're right. I mean, people got to understand, you know, so much that's affecting this roster right now, too. Yes, we lost a lot of people, but uh, we lost a lot of people that could have been back here on this team because of the Mm -hmm. NIL and the transfer rules and all that type stuff. And, And when you're at a group of five, like what we are, 
it's hard to reload, right? That's that's what um, you know the Michigans and all those guys do. They reload because they can go out there and recruit a guy that's going to be playing in the NFL in three years. At East Carolina, you develop, and you got to develop kids, and that's where we might have dropped the ball at is in our development of getting guys ready to step in and maybe not even play at the level that Holt Naylor's played, but playing at a level that gives us a chance to win on Saturdays. And I think that's where the ball might have been dropped a little bit is getting those guys behind Holton, getting those guys behind CJ and uh, Isaiah Winstead ready to contribute. And we're left with what we got right now. Yeah, and and look, I saw some ECU doesn't have NIL money to compete and all that stuff. Well, that's fine, but I mean, we've lost to Marshall, App State, Rice. I mean, what are they? I don't know what they're doing with NIL. Yeah, I, I don't know but, how much NIL money Rice throws around down there in Houston. I know there's a lot of money in Houston, but there's not a whole lot of money backing the Rice Owls. Now, well, this next, this, I was going to buy. I was about you. You you SMU. beat me to the punch because I was about to say different story with SMU. SMU's got all the money in the world. World. They yeah. they raised a hundred million dollars in what a couple days? Nine days. That's that's crazy. They told the ACC but to save their money, right? We, yes. Don't worry about that. We, we got, got money. Yeah. They have got more money at SMU than anybody in the country. Yes. And that money is not a problem. Well, they had it way back when when they was paying. paying yeah. Well, that, that, they that's why they're in the situation. The that's why they're in the situation they're in right now. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> Secret so, NIL. Uh, they had NIL they were, before they, it was possible. I was going to say they said they were way ahead of the curve. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> All right, three one seven twelve fifty. Thank you, Blair. Let's go to Pete and Gromsland. Hey, Pete. Hey, how you doing? All right. Um, so, I'm not a real emotional guy, so I like to look at a lot of the data. And I, I'm going to ask you guys a couple questions and, and see your responses. So, first thing, I look back at some of the data, and I want you guys to answer, how many FBS wins do you think Coach Montgomery had in his first three years? Yeah, I think somebody tweeted that out. Was it 15? F, wait, wait, no, no. Scotty Montgomery. Oh, how oh, many oh, wins? oh, no, no, no! I thought you was talking about. Well, he beat State. He beat Cincinnati. Uh, I don't know. I was all. thinking Mike Houston. I'm BYU. Sorry. I don't know. Do you know the answer? So, so the numbers eight. He was eight and twenty-seven against FBS. Okay. And of the eight wins, one of them was against the team with a winning record. I think that's important because you can beat up on a bunch of terrible teams and that doesn't matter so mike houston in his first three years how many wins did he have against fbs what do you guys think just because it's late and we're trying to speed this along how about you just tell us i get no problem um he was 10 10 wins and he only beat two teams with winning records in his first three years so he was 10 and 19 against fbs program so now, Scotty Montgomery, who is known as a bit of a, a pariah around here, I mean, basically, you mentioned his name and somebody might punch you in the face now. Um, Scotty Montgomery got rewarded with a firing, and Mike Houston won two more games and beat one more team than uh, one more team with a winning record. Yeah, but, but you know what? You, you got to look, and the thing is, 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 you're in a money business 
And when you go three and 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 nine and three and nine and three and nine, there's no money to be made. It doesn't matter what teams you beat to get to six wins and you get that bowl paycheck. It's all about dollars and cents. So that's apples to oranges right there in the comparison. There, it, it doesn't have anything to do really with the the, the opponent. It's all about winning. And it's all about money. And I period. feel like Houston dug us out of a hole. He went he, two bowl eligible teams. I mean, the, he has more on the resume than than Scotty did in the three years. I'm just talking about the first three years. We didn't even make a bowl in the first three years. I, okay, uh, okay, but so what do you what do we bring back Coach Mo? What do you what do you mean? So then we went seven five, and then we 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 decided we were going to give a huge raise right off the last two years of his contract. And, I mean, I, we are in the hole for $1.3 million a year. And yeah. If I'm, uh, in my opinion, Paul Naylor's deserves some of that $1.3 million a year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because that guy took a beating on these radio shows, and, you know, we... We sat here and we thought, oh, you know, Holton's a big, big, big part of the problem. But I mean, Holton was a, a huge part of our success. And I mean, could you imagine what those years would have been without Holton Nailers? I mean, it's it, one that we gave an extension. ECU is bad at giving an extension. Let's talk about our history. Um, we gave an extension to Jeff Confer, and I know we're going back, and we don't want to rehash all that, but for no reason at all when he still had years left on his contract, and we ate how many millions of dollars for that one. We gave an extension to Jeff Lebo because, you know, we got into a bad tournament, and we won it. And thank God Jeff Lebo was a great guy and decided, you know what, I'm tired of this. I'm going to quit, and I'm not even going to take the money. And we got out of that contract. But we have a bad habit of one, you know, we have one great year and we're like, oh, we're, we're going to give these guys great money and we're going to keep. And maybe that's the, the part of athletics that I don't understand. I'm in charge of 40 people. And if somebody sucks for two or three years and they have one great year, I'm not going to go ahead and give them twice their salary, you know? Um yeah. I, okay. I got. We get your point, Pete. Uh, at ECU did go to the military bowl in Mike Houston's third year, but I, I hear what you're saying. You didn't like the uh, early extension. No, not, all right. not at all. And 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 you can also add on the fact that I mean, you can look at where we are right now, but um, where are we? Every coach in the past used to have. You know, I can't remember when we haven't had a star receiver. And you look back at, I, I just jotted some names down. When we didn't have star receivers, we went out and got a Juco. Can you remember Andre Allison? Can you remember Lance Lewis? We just, we were able to pull somebody in. And yeah, I know the NIL makes a big difference. Yeah, that's a different time. You can forget that. Well, we lost two offensive linemen to the NIL. They got bought. Let's, let's just say it. And I know fans don't realize that, that we lost uh was avery jones and we lost fans realize it nashad strother to oregon yeah we know make an impact and i and i feel for our coaching staff on that and one of them nashad strother was really late in the after even spring ball so but come on like we have to prepare for that we know we're in a different game so anyone who thinks that mike houston is not responsible for that for having the next man up mentality i mean 
I, you know, you guys who played under Coach Logan, would you, would you have thought like, oh, some guy transferred, we're screwed? No, no, you would have, you would have thought about like who's the next guy up, and, and we, it doesn't seem like we've prepared for the next guy up for the past few years. And, um, obviously, we can't fire Houston. <laughs> There's anybody who says we're going to fire Houston obviously doesn't understand the value of the dollar and the ACU doesn't have it. <laughs> All right, Pete. Appreciate the call, man. Thanks for uh, for calling. All right, three one seven twelve fifty. We got to move on. We got more callers. Marcus Crandall's about to get up out of here, uh, so we need to go. Uh, Zach is up and done. Hey, Zach. Hey guys. Uh, starting off on a positive note. Shout out to the volleyball ladies and the women's soccer teams. Both of them are cruising uh, from our our game tonight. Uh, it was good to see Shane Calhoun get more involved. I know that there is some talk this week over with Igo's show saying, man, we need to get him more involved. And it seemed, from what I saw anyways, that, uh, that there was more active game planning. Um, you know, my wife and I actually, uh, we spent the day in Durham in our ECU stuff. Uh, we went to the game tonight because um, we were just, uh, it sounds crazy to say, but we really wanted to see a good football game. So we went over to Durham. And, uh, you know, had I said that 10 years ago, um, y'all to look at me like I had three heads. But, um, you know, never mind the whole FBS as a whole. Um, look at the teams in our state that we're falling so far behind. Um, you know, there's, there's obviously uh, NC States and, and Carolinas, but uh, Duke, of all people, uh, Wake Forest is, is good. You know, App State waxed us a couple weeks ago. Um, and it's, Guys, it's not the losing that uh, that sucks. I mean, I'm a I've been an East Carolina fan all my life. I have grown accustomed to losing in heartbreaking fashion. Uh, if there's any way to lose, we can find it, and um, you know that that's just part of the way it goes. But um, yeah, it's just my buddy said it uh, in our group chat tonight. It's just not fun to watch, um, and. Uh, I know last week or a couple weeks ago, whenever Gilbert put out the email, everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, there's going to be changes coming at the end of the year. At some point, you've got to see that we don't have the luxury of waiting until the end of the year because we're going to not only lose the guys that are on our roster, but we're going to lose the guys that are coming in. They're going to say, man, do I really want to go into that and play for a guy like Donnie Kirkpatrick, who's 800 years old and calls a, you know, run up the gut on third and or second and 16 you know we had second down with three minutes left in the game and we called a run up the gut it's it's dumb um and you know if the majority of the fans are getting that upset think about the guys in the locker room who have come in and chosen to give their four years of their life uh to this program you know they've got to be tired of it and as I said, they're going to be wanting to transfer out. Um, I just it, it makes me worry. Uh, and then uh, one last thing, uh, real issue. I don't want to say the real issue of the program, but uh, shout out to all the people who are trying to be empathetic and sympathetic, sympathetic to the situation, saying that the kids gave it their best shot. This ain't Pee Wee football. You know, Jeffrey, I'm talking to you if you hear me. Uh, it ain't Pee Wee football. Trying hard doesn't win the trophy. You get paid to win games. Uh, have a good night, guys. Thank you for what you do. 
Uh, I think that we saw this coming from week one. It's going to be a long year. Buckle up. All right, Zach. Appreciate the call. Um, as far as changes go, Mike Houston has done it his way his whole career, and that way has worked. And if you look at his coaching history, he has not faced a lot of adversity as far as losing seasons. So this is – I think he's going through this for the first time. And uh, people have called him stubborn, and that's not necessarily a bad thing because, again, his way has worked. But right now it's not working, and sometimes it's hard to change when what you've done your entire career has worked. Now we got to see – how good of a coach are you really because you got to adjust you got to do things differently and i don't know uh you know jason coaches kind of get stuck in their ways right and and you got to adjust when things aren't going right and this is the first time it really hasn't gone right in his entire coaching career yeah i mean you know i i gotta think that coach houston tonight he may have had the same hope that we had thinking hey we can get this thing turned around uh, but tonight i'm sure he's going to think about what I need to do to get this thing fixed. Yeah. Because I'm going to be honest, man. Like, we can't beat Rice. Who else on that schedule can we beat? And that that becomes the part that you – and what can I do to give us the best opportunity to win as many games that's left on that schedule? So it's a lot of soul searching that has to go on. I'm sure Coach Houston's going to have to make some tough decisions. I don't know what he'll do, um, and I don't know why. You know, I don't know what you know his way. Like what 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 is what do people mean about his way? Um, I don't know what way that is. He's done a good job of of winning and, and, and turning around some programs, but now he's in new un, un, uncharted waters right yeah. now. Being here yeah. in your fifth year and and. Um, People are expecting more out of your program than what they're seeing right now. I don't. I don't know how he's going to handle that. I don't know what That's he's right, going to yeah. do. So, um, you know, um, you know, I know he's, all those guys uh, are trying to do their best. But like I said earlier, man, I mean, I I've come off of that, you know, temper <laughs> I had earlier. <laughs> I mean, I'm calming down, but that, that just was not good, fellas. I mean, yeah, it's not. Yeah. I said before the season started that this is going to be the year that these guys earn every bit of their paycheck yeah. that they get because they are going to have to coach these guys up. They're going to have to <laughs> keep them together. And, um, you know, for whatever reason, we haven't seen the progress that we thought we were going to see from the coaching staff, period. I mean, it is what it is, right? And uh, you kind of foresee it because – uh, the one thing, one reason why I said it is because of this is this his recruiting class. Yes. This is, these are the guys he recruited, right? Point blank, period. Yep. That's it. All right, let's get one more before we take a break. Let's go to Chuck in Greenville next. Hey, Chuck. Hey, how you guys doing? All right. Um, so I had a little birdie tell me over the summer that we had J.P. Daniels coming to us trying to transfer and play with Jalen Johnson and all this and that. But Coach Houston had to ask him if he's okay with being a backup to Mason. But we already got Mason on the bench. What's up with that? <laughs> well, I guess JT wanted to prove himself tonight then. <laughs> I, I hadn't heard that. I don't know if that's true or not. But Google it. Google it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, who was your birdie? How about that? What was the little birdie that gave you that insight? Uh, I can't be going ratting people out. <laughs> oh, see, I, I, see, I, I knew that was coming. I respect that, though. 
Uh, I will say this about JT Daniels. I could tell why he was once a five-star recruit, um, and and he was doing it hobbling tonight. But he had some zip on that ball. He had it looked a little different coming out of his arm than it does some other QBs we've seen from our quarterbacks. Definitely, he can definitely throw the rock, man. And um, you I had like a good his, comparison, like his... Marcus. Old Dan Marino. He was kind of hobbling Marino. around, but just slinging it, man. Yeah, I'm not sure if people remember. Um, and I was more referring to Marino when he messed up his Achilles or whatever. And uh, so he, he was even more immobile. Uh, but, uh, man, he, he has a great throwing motion, uh, throws the ball very well, he spins it. And uh, what I, the other thing I like about him is that, you know, he, he reads the defense, and especially tonight when he's hurt. And, and um, you know, you read the defense and you make quick decisions, right? He threw balls incomplete, but guess what? They were incomplete in a, in a way where no one gets it for the most part. Uh, he had one ball tipped in the first quarter uh, that was picked off by us. And um, but for, for what, what, part, what, what did they do to help him make those quick decisions? What did they get in? Spread. Empty. Empty. Yeah. 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 Empty. Empty helps you see where the pressure's coming from. Yeah. And they did that when they were throwing, and everybody knew it. But they, you know, you can bring the pressure all you want. You got to show your hand when you get in the empty. Right. So who cares if you free release in the back? You might as well go ahead and put them out in space so you can go ahead and get a quicker read. Uh, Chuck, anything else, man? Yeah, man. We got a thirty-one-year-old punter. Why can't we have four nailers out here? Yeah, good question. I don't know. Any other questions? No, sir. Y'all have a good night. See you, buddy. You too. There's Chuck. Got a 30-year-old punter. Why can't... That's a hey, good question. I think it has something to do with eligibility, but good question nonetheless. <laughs> Marcus, I know you're going to get out of here. It's late. so It's late. Appreciate you yeah, hanging out today, time. man. We'll let you run. Jason, will stick around? I'm going to stick around. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take here. the bullets. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm here for the duration. <laughs> All right. Take a time <laughs> out. Wings. Come back. More to go. And the wings. That's right. Wings over Greenville. Uh, 317-1250. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250 on the Halloween Express live line. And uh, happy October. It has hit midnight. It is October 1st. Hey! All right, 317-1250 lines locked and loaded as we talk to you 1222 in the a.m. Jason, Isaac, hang on. Let's go to Kenny in Blunt's Creek. Hey, Kenny. Kenny. All right. You want to go to Isaac? Yep. Isaac in Orlando. Hey, Isaac. Hey, Clip. What's up? I'm here. Uh, I was actually at Disney World today uh, while watching the game, and I think only ECU football can make the so-called happiest place on earth not so happy. <laughs> Sorry to hear that. Yeah, I know. Uh, me too. I hate, hate, hate to even say it, but uh, I'm going to stick with this. Defense. Um, I mean, I've been, we've been saying it for I don't know how long now. Uh, but defense has been holding us in games. Just that in the fourth quarter, they get so tired and worn out. And even with them being tired and worn out, uh, they can still get uh, make a fourth and out or, or third and out, whatever. And we still get the ball back on offense. Can't do anything. Um, then I'm going to go 200, I think it was like 200-plus uh, rushing yards today. Like that a lot. we got to see more of it. Um, just 
at the right times, obviously. And uh, looking forward to the blackout game, SMU. Don't know how it's going to go, but we're going to be here for it. <laughs> well, I like that. I like that you're going to be there and uh, get be loud, and uh, hopefully we'll have an environment out there. Uh, this one felt kind of like a... And don't take this the wrong way, but like a, a Lincoln Riley ish uh, era loss where East Carolina had more yards and lost the game. You remember those weave back in the day where we'd pile up the yards but still lose the game? Oh, yeah. East Carolina, 391 yards to Rice's 277. It was all between the 20s. Yeah. You did, just yeah. couldn't get anything going inside the red zone. And it was very frustrating because at times it seemed like East Carolina could move the football. They just couldn't capitalize. And, you know, when you score you know, three consecutive uh, field goals in the first half and you still trail by one going in at halftime, it's demoralizing. You just can't get anything, you know, in into a rhythm and, and you know, finish the job. You outgain them by 100. You outgain them in rushing by 100. And time of possession, Jason, 35 to 25 in our favor. Huh. Time of possession is worthless. <laughs> yeah, you just uh, explained I mean, that. It, it's worthless because he said it. When you get in the red zone, you can't exchange field goals for touchdowns. Uh, you get beat. Typically, when you do that, you get beat. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Isaac. We may, we're making field goals. All right. Hey, I like your positivity. Making field goals. I'd rather kick extra points. Yeah. <laughs> I like three extra points after that. There you go. Well, the last two years, we've been worried about field goals. You're right. Uh, You're baby right. steps. Baby steps. All right. Thanks, Isaac. You got to take what you can. Yep. See you. See you, man. 317-1250. Let's go to Jason in Jacksonville. Hey, Jason. Hey, guys. Um, quick question uh, or a couple questions for you. At the, uh, the very end of the first quarter, I think ECU only had one turnover. Is that correct? When Flynn threw the pitch? Yes. Okay, so at the end of the first quarter, you know, time was ticking down on the uh, the, the game clock, and I don't know what what, what if someone said this before. I apologize, but uh, why not take it? I think we got a first down, and then Flynn wheels around and throws that pick on that screen pass. Like, why not just take a minute, bring them off the field? You know, the play clock or the game clock's rolling down. We're not going to have a delay a game. So unless they saw something ECU something they wanted to see you know on the field why not just bring them back and take a free time out reset after that first down i believe um y'all recall that play or the, play? the interception on the screen play is that what you're talking about exactly yeah like it was in the and the play or the, the game clock was rolling down that was the end of the first that was the last play of the first quarter and we had a little drive cooking so i got you oh okay so you're saying yeah just go to the quarter and not yeah, like don't even snap the ball. Well, Bring your guys back into you and be like, "Hey, let's let's reset. We're good." Yeah, but I don't oh. think they went into a hurry up situation there. So I don't think well, there was there was a situation where they were hurried and they were maybe calling a play that they didn't didn't like. Exactly. So it's not like the Shane Colton or even you know you know last year or the couple previous years. Like we're not like running and gunning out there with Holton and Shane. Like, why not bring them back in and take a free timeout, reset? I mean, we were all yeah, well, on the, uh, the red zone. I think, like Billy said, I mean, they weren't, like, stressing, trying to hustle. I don't – I hear you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's else? just a couple of different ways to look at it. it. You know, whether or not that would have made a difference, um, I mean, who knows. It's just uh, – you know, I, I don't I don't really second-guess those type of calls um, like I do second-guessing the call on fourth and one down at the goal line. Those are the ones that are glaring 
mistakes to me. Ten four. Um, one more question, and, um, and maybe for Jason too. Um, in the second half, when we're sitting there holding on, trying to get something going, we um, why don't we do anything with motion and like maybe a misdirection play one way or the other? Like anything without that? Like I mean, we have nothing as far as we're just like literally like maybe a running back will shift from one side of the quarterback to the other, but there's no motion uh, or misdirection. Defense is probably zoned in on what we're trying to do the entire time. So you know, uh, this is Jason, right? Am I, I'm on the right caller. Uh, Jason to Jason. Yeah. Yes. All right, Jason. You know why most teams put their players in motion, Jason? Why is that? It's to give the quarterback a hint of what they're doing on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. It also puts them in motion to make the defense have to communicate. Who's trading them off? Who's running with them? tells you a lot of information so uh, I totally agree with you about moving guys and shifting guys and not just sitting in a base formation and letting those guys tee off on us right I want them to have to think and communicate and and do something before I snap that ball because that's when you get guys running down the middle of the field wide open because they didn't communicate well and uh, you you understand hey when this guy's running with him it's man coverage so I'm going to go to my man beater now let me let me ask you this. Let me put you in a coach's situation on this deal. Going into the season with that being said, your quarterback was supposed to be Mason Garcia. What's the biggest knock on Mason Garcia is that he can't make the reads. Correct. So maybe they take those motions out because it's not helping Mason in those situations. Just playing devil's advocate in that situation, could that be a situation where they have not implemented enough motion early on in the season, in the preseason, in spring, because of the quarterback that they thought they were going into the season with? Well, I'm going to go the other way with that, Billy. If I have a quarterback who can't read stuff, put guys in motion. There you go. Yeah. Because if I put them in motion and nobody goes with them, I got to know it's zone. If I put them in motion and somebody runs with them, I got to know it's man. Yeah. So right now I should know if it's man coverage, I'm going to a man beater. Every concept should have a zone and a man beater Mm -hmm. built into it because you never know what you're going to get on each play. But once I send that guy in motion, it's telling me exactly what's going on, and I'm going to go to the side that I'm supposed to go to. A lot of times you guys think quarterbacks read stuff, right? All they're doing is looking at movement keys. Right. As soon as that guy tells me something, I know where I'm locked into. Good stuff. Uh, Jason, anything else, man? If you drizzle a little bit of that social health vodka on um, these wings over Greenville, you know, you're perfect. Hmm. That, that's, a, that's a great idea. Right. You're uh, thinking outside the box. I, I'm all about that. We also, just, we also just found our new offensive coordinator. Go Pirates. <laughs> all right. There he is, Jay Nick. 317-1250. Joe's up in Charlotte. What's up, Joe? Yo, Joe. All right. Let's get a break. Uh, we have open lines, and I hear the phone still ringing. 317-1250. We'll take a timeout. Come back. More to go on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Back with you after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. 
Now, with the Pirate Radio scoreboard, here's Shirley Rhodes. Uh, Believe it or not, there's still a couple of games that are uh, still in action. Washington leads Arizona 28-17. They're getting ready to start the fourth quarter. And Fresno State has a 14-0 lead over Nevada in the third quarter. And uh, that's pretty much it as far as games that are going on uh, right now. Earlier uh, today, Oklahoma pounded Iowa State 50-20. And it was uh, SMU beating Charlotte 34-16. Tennessee beat South Carolina 41-20. Notre Dame survived Duke 21-14. App State escaped UL Monroe 41-40 was that final. And Virginia Tech beat Pittsburgh 38-21. That is your Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard brought to you by the Buck. It is, uh, they have all the fun for your Sunday fun day covered. Every Sunday, kick off the day at the Buck with the largest 4K screen in Greenville along with 18 TVs so you don't miss a game. And they'll have mimosa specials, a Bloody Mary menu, and pizza all day from Pizza Hut. And don't forget the weekly jersey giveaway starting at 5 o'clock. Score every day at the Buck. Now let's head back in to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right. Thank you, Shirley Rhodes. We were talking about this one earlier, Jason. And uh, Billy certainly remembers Southern Miss being a really good team. Oh, yeah. rival of ECU. Yep. Uh, Southern Miss outscored Texas State 26-8 in the second half and still lost 50-36. to mm. That's what happens when you're down 42-10 to at halftime. But <laughs> saw a lot of comebacks today. Uh, UCF Baylor, I thought UCF won the game. I just realized uh, Baylor came back and beat them. So big day of comebacks, a uh, wild day in college football. Uh, and we are taking your calls in good grief. It's 12:36, and the lines are loaded. Uh, Todd, Joe, hang on. Let's go to Tyler in Raleigh. Hey, Tyler. Hey, Clip. Uh, I know it's getting late, and I won't try to take too much of your time, but uh, I think the offensive coordinator is probably ready to be replaced, but that's been said enough. But the biggest problem I've got is the quarterback. I mean, we got a new one, but we've had five years to develop him, and we seem to be not figuring out who it is. And, and I mean, that that's a problem, I think, on coaching staff. Um, and at the end of the day, also, unrelated though i hope that gilbert as much as everybody hates him is doing what uh he should be doing and behind the scenes talking about this conference realignment because it seems to be blowing up quickly and uh we'll see what happens with it but i i hope we position ourselves somewhere but uh i'll go back to you guys and i won't take too much time so y'all guys take it from there all right thanks tyler the game's depressing enough i don't want to talk about conference realignment and unfortunately, East Carolina is not any, in any position That's right now <laughs> because at East Carolina, you got to win football games to get out of uh, the American Athletic Conference to get into a Power Five conference. That's just the bottom line because your TV market isn't going to do it. Uh, and, and the reality is that your UCFs of the world, your even Rices of the world that are in Houston, that are in big markets, those are the teams that conferences look at because of TV markets. And it has nothing to do with butts in the seats and all that because we've seen so many other teams that don't draw nearly as well as East Carolina make moves to Power Five conferences. 317-1250 on the Halloween Express live line. Joe is up in Winston-Salem. Hey, Joe. Joe. All right. Let's try Todd in Greenville. Hey, Todd. Hey, can you hear me? Yep. 
Hey, uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm Todd from Greenville. I was, I, you know, I know, my main concern here is that, you know, I, I think what I hear, I've listened to the, to the call-in show after several games, you know, over the years, and, like, you know, people complain. But, you know, I think what what I want to, like, get out there is, like, the, the people need to, you know, think about what they can do to enhance the program. I mean, I think that people, like, it doesn't matter, like, it doesn't take much to, you know, to, all you have to do is give in, you know, give, you know, ten, twenty dollars a month to Team Boneyard, just Google Team Boneyard, and give the to the NIL program because that's what it's going to take to get our program better. I mean, I, I don't think people, a lot of people don't realize that, you know, we've been playing Division One A football since 19, 1979. I mean, we we've been play, you know, we we have been the top echelon of uh, college football for a long time. But but I think what people just want to hear complain that we can't beat this team or that team, and to me to me the main thing is that we have been regressing over the years, and you know we need to be able to beat you know we need to be able to beat teams in our region, and then you know if we beat Carolina and State you know that's great, but at the same time I mean, we but we're just regressing. Uh, you know, and what and the teams that we can beat over the years, and I, I don't, I'm not saying that's a coaching problem, but I, I think a lot of people are not putting their money where their mouth is, and I, I think that we need people need to step up. You know, I do root canal, recalls analysis in my job, and uh, the problem is, is like I, th- I think probably people need to like to step up and you know put their money where their mouth is and and put some money, you know, the, you know do do the team boneyard thing. And, and you know, just 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 not just complain, just to complain, because that's not doing anything. All right, let, let me ask you this: How do you get people to pay for a bad product? That's the problem. You got to win. The winning has to come first because you can't knock on somebody's door or you can't email somebody or call some cold call somebody and say, we want you to give money to NIL to guys that are, are going to finish the season one eleven. It's not, it's not going to happen. It's just, you know, it's, it's almost the chicken or the egg situation. But in this case, you got to win first before you can start knocking on doors and, you know, calling people and asking for money. Well, I mean, I think you need to go to the people that have been there for the for years and just to, that have been just there talking, and 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 say, look, you know, you've been just talking, and we we've seen these teams like App State and Marshall and and ODU that like you know Liberty. Whatever. But they're not doing it with NIL money; they're doing it by recruiting. I, look, I, I agree with Todd's point. It would certainly help. Oh, yeah. and, and I don't I, know I if too, everybody but... complaining isn't. Uh, some of the people are complaining because they have paid money and they want to see a better product. But uh, I agree. Everybody needs to do what they can, Todd. But people are going to complain after what they saw tonight and after what we've seen this season. <clears throat> I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're entitled to complain. I mean, I get it. I mean, you know, the people. there's a lot of people that are – you know, love this program just like I do. I mean, but, but I'm saying that like it just just complaining alone is not is not going to do it. You need to take action, and that the action is going to be that you know just you know not not going out to eat for that like extra you know five dollar meal a month and God. give that money to the program because it's gonna it's gonna add up if we, if we get enough people to on board to. to to pay that because that's just the environment we're in these days well let, let me ask you this is is that going to change the play calling 
which which is what a lot of people are complaining about. They're not complaining about the athletes on the field. They're calling about uh, you know Donnie's play calling, and they're talking about you know um, you know Mike Houston not putting guys in, in the right situations and things like that. So I mean that you got to win on the field. You got to make decisions on the field. You've got to put people in position on the field to be better and make better plays. Yes, I agree. I, yeah. I agree. I mean, you're right. I mean, but it's, I mean, but we have to have the players on the field in order of the, the players that it's going to take to get us there. All right. I got you, Todd. We got to move along. Yep. And look, we're talking about losses to App State, Marshall, and Rice. I mean, how much more are they paying their players than we are? We got to win those games. They're not, but what they've had is tradition. They've won a lot of games, buddy. And so have we. And so have we. Chicken before the egg. Yeah. Thanks, Todd. Let's go to Skip and Raleigh next. What's up, Skip? Hey, Cliff. Hey, a couple of things, just just small things. One thing that I saw that really just kind of threw me off track was the quarterback, you know, sees the play clock directly in front of him, and we get delay of penalty, we get penalties and all this stuff. It's the same thing we've been talking about all year. But also, and Marcus and Jason can talk about this, my Billy um, can talk about, you know, within three seconds, the ball needs to be released. That's as much time as you get to move around in the pocket. If you don't do it within three seconds, then you're out. That's all I got. So you're saying I don't know that? I mean, I said that a couple of weeks ago that these guys weren't getting the ball out quick enough. What's that got to, what's that got to do with anything? I, I know about Let football. Me Let me talk. I'm letting you talk. You don't look. No, you're not. You're interrupting me while I'm talking. Well, I asked you a question. Yeah. So you're, you're telling me that I don't know that a quarterback needs to get the ball out within three seconds? Is that what you're saying? I don't know that you do. I think you feel like you know everything about the game. How's I that? I think you do. How is that? How do I feel like I know everything about the game? One, number one, you got two guys that are sitting over there to your left. And they agree with me on 90% of the stuff that we talk about in this studio. So what else you got for me? It's hard. It, it, I don't know, Billy, because it's hard to hear him because you talk all the damn time. So what else you got for us, Coach? Uh, no, I called you Coach Weaver and you too. I can learn a lot from you since you know everything. <laughs> I'll have a good night. See you, Skip. <laughs> All right, that's the second caller that told Billy to shut up. <laughs> Jason, uh, I don't even remember what he was talking about. He was talking about quarterbacks getting the ball out yeah, within it, within three seconds. Yeah, That's got a lot to do with the, the receivers catching the ball and dropping it, too, because he's not getting it out quick enough. Shut up, Billy. <laughs> if anybody else wants to tell Billy to shut up, I'm here for it. So call in, 317-1250. Um, oh, Shirley said no. Mark is up in Cary. Hey, Mark. Hello there. How y'all doing? Hey, buddy. How's it going now? Probably better I'd be twins. <laughs> Wait, what? Okay, what you got? <laughs> I was just – I wish I could have called in earlier or thought about it. Have y'all looked at the stats for the game? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because, like – Total yards, passing yards, rushing. We got them every which way you can think of on the stat. Not in the red zone. Okay. Well, okay, and that's what I was just going to ask y'all. I, I don't know the game the way y'all know it. And, and I, I don't know the game at all. 
That's, I'm going to put that out there right now. I don't know the game at all. all right. you know, I, the, the last caller, well, I hear you. <laughs> no, we did. We talked about this earlier, Mark, uh, because I brought it up on the UB stat sheet. felt like a, a Lincoln-Riley era game where we outgained them, we out-time of possession them, and Jason said, don't matter because you didn't put the ball in the end zone. You kicked field goals. That was that was the deal. Okay, well, that's all I had, fellas. Yeah, all, all right, right buddy. Good night. Okay, get some sleep. <laughs> all right, thank you, Mark. <laughs> All right, it's early out, well, earlier, where Logan is. Logan's in L.A. Hey, Logan. Hey, I only called to hold a line so you guys can go home and go to sleep. Have a good night. What a guy. Logan, <laughs> you're the man. What, Thank I mean, you. What did he say? He called so a line would be full so nobody else could call in so we oh. could go home. Thank you, Logan. That's a hell of a move. That's the play of the day. Call, right call again, Logan. That's a team call. You called. Right Do you have three more phones? <laughs> All right, let's take a break. Uh... We are getting close to last call for your call. So 317-1250. More to go. U.S. Sailor fifth quarter calling show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right, 317-1250, almost 1 a.m., still taking your calls. The chat boys are still buzzing. Billy Weaver and Jason Nichols here. The big dog, Glenn Griffin, Shirley Rhodes, and Kenny has called back in. Kenny in Blunts Creek. What's up, Kenny? Cliff, uh, I appreciate y'all letting me get in here. I tried two or three times. I'm sorry. My phone is just acting stupid. And, uh... After listening to everybody talk tonight about the game and the players and this and that, I got to say that I was kind of upset, you know, about the game. But after listening to the call-ins and realizing it's all Billy's fault, (laughs) we can just (laughs) – I will take 100% credit for this loss. Billy, I don't, I don't know. What is it, dude, man? One week you're a rooster deck. Next week you're you're the worst – guy on radio I, <laughs> he's an easy target i guess i don't know you know everything but hey look you, you guys you guys see it uh, and and we don't like to beat a dead horse around here but we have to uh the play calling is atrocious uh, it's it's almost like i said before it's that word that clip does not like unacceptable <laughs> uh, some some of the stuff we do you know when we need Third, third and two, third and three, and we throw thirty-yard routes with the guy covered. Uh, first downs. The last time I checked, keeps the ball moving, gives you more chances at scoring. Uh, we're horrible in the red zone. Uh, eventually, Mike Houston has got to say that what Donnie Kay's doing is not good. Uh, I, I, we all see it. The quarterback play, both of the guys. They're not. They're not. They're. They're not. They're not doing the job, okay? I, and I, I joked around this week earlier in the week. Uh, Holton actually put something out about doing some quarterback classes, and I almost tagged both of them guys in it. And I thought, well, that would be ugly. <laughs> yeah. So maybe we need to. Maybe we'll be to bring that boy back in. And and I know they had four years under him, but heck, they ain't learned nothing. So I, I don't know. We're all frustrated as pirate fans. We we we, we love our parent, pirates, but we get frustrated when we see how many times we were in the red zone and we cannot punch it in. And and it's some of the dumbest play calling I've ever seen in my life. So, uh, 
we're going to chuckle a little bit more about Billy. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. That's the funny stuff, man. All right, Kenny. I'm going to go home and cry tonight. Hey, <laughs> man. Yeah. Hey, look. I'll tell you what. I'll leave you with this. I hope, you, I hope your commanders win tomorrow. Wow. Wow. I can't believe it's only because said. It's only because we're playing the Eagles and oh, yeah. he wants us to beat we another NFC East team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, know, I know what you're going for there. Cowboy fan. Hey, y'all beat the Cardinals and we couldn't. <laughs> that was shocking. That was. Wow. I couldn't even I couldn't even enjoy y'all getting beat because I did tell you we y'all were going to lose by 17. Hmm. Couldn't even enjoy that because we got our butts kicked. Uh, the NFL is crazy. Thank you, Kenny. See you, buddy. Hey, have a good night, Dan. Y'all go to bed. All right, man. There is Kenny in Blunt's Creek. Uh, let's get to our Brown and Wood drive of the game. I'm looking for the exact numbers on it. Uh, before we bring it up, it is the Brown and Wood Drive of the Game, uh, brought to you by Brown and Wood, serving the Pirate Nation in Eastern North Carolina since 1937. Brown and Wood, your number one dealership in Greenville. Brown and Wood on Greenville Boulevard, Greenville online, brownandwoodauto.com. I know it was a seven minute drive, and I know it was an 80 yard drive, and it was double digit plays. And uh, it, it took a while, but we finally cashed in the only touchdown of the night, Rajay Harris. And uh, that was definitely the drive of the game because it ended in six. No doubt. No. no questions. All right. Last call for your calls. It's almost 1 a.m., so we got to get out of here. 317-1250 if you want to get anything in. More to go on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show after this. You're listening to the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter postgame call-in show. Here's Clip Brock. All right. Still got about 200 folks watching us. And uh, thank you all for listening out there as well as we hit 1 a.m. About time to wrap it up here on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. Go check out one of ECU graduate Brandon Tate's U.S. Cellular locations and experience the high standard of customer service. Next to Little Caesars on Charles Boulevard in Greenville in front of Lowe's Home Improvement on Memorial Drive in Greenville next to Walmart on 10th Street in Greenville and the U.S. Sailor Store in the Greenville Mall behind Chick-fil-A. All right, uh, gentlemen, uh, we've gone through quite a bit tonight. Really disappointing loss here because you look ahead and see what's left on the schedule. And are the Pirates going to be favored in any games this year? Maybe Charlotte, maybe Tulsa. We'll see what happens. But Tulsa put it on somebody uh, last night, and I cannot recall who that was in the league um it was temple thank you uh so i don't know this is one that this was kind of the barometer where are we in this american where are we right now and uh we're behind rice unfortunately billy yeah this was the chance to show what you had uh and they didn't show a whole lot they really didn't i I thought this game was going to be the one to kind of propel them to the rest of the season uh they were coming off big momentum from the 44 nothing victory at home over gardner webb they showed some good things in that and this was kind of the litmus test and i think they failed jason uh, put your coaching hat back on what are we doing this bye week what, what can we do well you got a weekend off a lot of time to prepare for your next game what can we do to improve what's going on right now i'm gonna be <clears throat> i'm being honest clip um the unfortunate thing about college athletics is you don't get to go and turn your roster over right now. So the only thing you can do is go out here and try to get better um, fundamentally. You know, why are we missing blocks? 
you know, um, is it because we're taking the wrong step or whatever it may be? Um, why are we dropping balls? Um, you know, are we not focusing on on that and 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 go the extra route with that? And and, and it's what and it's down the list, you know, from each position to each coach. What can I do to get my group better? And you got to do that um, because I mean, I told you earlier, I had to calm down. I was I was hot. I mean, I was pissed off with with what we saw tonight, just like a lot of pirate fans are. Um, we we're we're better than that. Um, you know, we're we're proud pirates and um we want we want those guys to win and uh we've done that a lot here at east carolina and we're going to continue to do that we just got to get it fixed um and i don't know maybe it is a six and six season i i I hate to say it but i look at that schedule i don't i don't know where we're going to get another one at right to be honest, I mean, yeah, we'll be favored in Charlotte, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if they'll favor us in that one, but uh, we got a, we got a tough road ahead. We're going to find out how tough we are. You're right. This is what we say. Coach Houston's a tough guy and he wants a tough football team. We'll find out exactly how tough we are. Jason, uh, thank you for soldiering through on this Saturday into Sunday. Weave, you as well. Appreciate it, gentlemen. And uh, thank you all for tuning in. Shirley, awesome work as always. Thank you. And Big Dog, thanks for coming in late night tonight with us. And uh, appreciate you all checking us out as well here on the U.S. Sailor fifth quarter call-in show. Hey, we got a Saturday off. I will take that. We'll be back with you Thursday the 12th for ECU-SMU. Bud Light pregame tailgate will begin that day at 3.30, I believe, and we'll be with you once again late night after the game on the U.S. Cellular fifth quarter call-in show. We'll talk to you Monday at 3 o'clock on Pirate Radio Live. Final score tonight, 24-17 Rice over East Carolina. Pirates dropping to 1-4 and four on the year. For Shirley, Big Dog, uh, thanks to Marcus Crandall for joining us today as well. Jay Nick and Weave, I am Clip Rock. We'll see you next time, a couple of Thursdays from now, on the Bud Light Pregame Tailgate and U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Call-In Show. You have been listening to the U.S. Cellular Fifth Quarter Postgame Call-In Show. Join us next time for complete postgame coverage of East Carolina football, exclusively on Pirate Radio, the voice of the Pirate Nation.